giving the power of storytelling, how it sets you apart from your ordinary everyday products and services that you have. I always believe things like products, services, we can always copy here, here and there from each other. But what then sustains you or sets you apart in driving a business and, and ensuring you have um, that revenue growth that you're looking at is how you share your story. Astronomy, physics, all of them rises and fall on the basis of story. And probably that is what it will make us who we are uh, in the kind of the metropolitan city that we have today. In terms of the society that we have been able to build, our story actually conditions us to do what we are doing because we are able to tell really captivating story. And people are like, well, how do I do it on social media? And how do I do storytelling on in an email? Or how do I do it on my blog or podcast? And the one biggest secret that, uh, or the one biggest thing that I tell people, when you want to be a storyteller and build a brand, because that's what builds brands, not businessy and jargony and all of that. It used to be like that. I've been teaching social media here at the college, the University of Houston since 2015. It used to be like that. The one biggest thing, if you want to know how do I build my brand voice through storytelling, and this is a very easy way to do it. Ask me, there is nothing more important than they in the entire conversation of business storytelling because you need to own your voice and you need to own your voice. <laughs> you need to own your voice. So I used to really sing like a kind of a gospel in Obehi podcast that everyone has a story to tell. And I'm really passionate about that. And I believe that it is absolutely true that irrespective of where you are, what you do, where you are coming from, there is a huge story behind you. So you cannot say you don't have a story to tell. Uh, so it is important that we pay attention to that, that each and every one of us have a story to tell. And when it comes to business, we need to own our brand voice. We need to let our brand have a voice and we need to own that voice. See that the narration needs to be very intentional. We cannot just uh, play a kind of uh, a casual approach to storytelling uh, when it comes to business. Because since we understand that uh, storytelling is a fundamental aspect of our business communication, then it should never be casual at all. It should be intentional. We should uh, be in charge of the narration and we should handle it uh, at the driver's seat. You know, we are going somewhere and we must make sure the people understand that this is actually the situation. But I have some beautiful people that are with me to present this story to you. And they are coming here from their background, they are business experts in their field, but they use storytelling to be able to communicate to their audience. So here, they are going to be sharing their experiences from what they understand, how they use storytelling, and what you can gain from it. So that is what we are going to be doing here. So I was, anyway, the names are really pretty interesting. Of course, you will come to see that each time we pronounce the names here, we do laugh a bit because it looks as if they are twins in the names, no? That's just, just a different of arrow somewhere, but... 
All right. So I will start with Tanya Kabuya, who is joining us from South Africa. That is about all I can say about Tanya. For the rest, you will explain yourself. The mic is yours. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome to this room. Excited to be here again. Really excited to see a full room. Happy to have you guys here. So for those who don't know me, um, for those that are regular in the rooms, you will know me. But those who don't know me, I'm Tanya Kabuya. I'm a girl who accidentally built a business by telling stories on social media, particularly Facebook. And I'm a persuasive copywriter turned businesswoman, and I run a revenue enablement firm and go-to-market firm where we work with tech-enabled companies as well as tech startups to educate them on building their revenue engines and also implementing those strategies into their businesses. So I've created a number of methodologies, one which is a content marketing ecosystem playbook, as well as the infusion selling approach, where I leverage a lot of storytelling within the content that we write on social media so we could we can drive pipeline and sales so that's my expertise driving pipeline and sales through social media and other digital assets and this is something that are we going to be discussing and how you're going to be incorporating it and how to incorporate your brand voice because i love this because this is something that i actually recently discussed with somebody and it's often something that a lot of people neglect because you you see somebody create content and you're like okay let me just imitate the problem is when you imitate content from somebody else you you forget that that is not your brand voice and you disconnect from the audience so this is something i'm really excited to speak to you about and especially how to incorporate that into story um storytelling into your brand voice so yeah we're gonna have some fun today absolutely i love fun we're gonna have a lot of fun here today <laughs> all right the mark is now passed to the second tanya because uh, yeah they are very similar like i was saying before all right that is uh, tanya Kole. please go ahead and tell the people who you are Thank you, Obi. Super excited to be here in the room with everybody. I am Tanya, based in Manchester, UK. And I'm really excited, actually, because I see my client on here, Lorraine, and she's sharing her story in her book, It Is Time, which is coming out this year. And it's all about grief. And she's sharing her story. I'm an award-winning publisher. I help people to write their stories or write their expertise and their knowledge in a book and then we publish them. I'm an author of five books. I did Les Brown's Power Voice, was coached by him. So I'm a Les Brown certified speaker. And also what I love to do is, like we've been talking about is sharing those stories. And I share my story to connect with people on that level because with stories, that's that human connection. And that's why it's really important to share your story, to connect with your audience and bringing out that personality in your brand voice. So that's me in a nutshell. You're welcome, Tanya. You're welcome. And, and I like also the, the word that you use there, beauty, human connection. And I think that is going to be at the centerpiece of everything we do is that we are trying to connect. We are trying to connect at a human level. You see, one of the things I, I say to people that storytelling helps us to do is that 
it helps us to to go beyond just the brand, uh, be, beyond just the color, beyond just the logo, beyond just uh, the big name that we hear there are connected at the human level. Even the brand that are this sophisticated, whether you are looking at Apple or Disney or, uh, or Microsoft, they all know that they want to connect at a human level. That is why if you look at Nike, Nike is not just putting a color out there, they put a human being in it so that they are branding themselves in the face of a human being because people cannot connect to abstract idea. Of course, as an African, you will understand that for us, abstract is not something that is very strong uh, in our consciousness because we need to see what we are talking about. Even our language, our verba, uh, reflect this oftentimes so that when you talk of things that you cannot see, it is very difficult for us to understand sometimes. Instead, when we see things that have happened or that can uh, possibly happen based on uh, our understanding, that becomes easier for us. So when you talk about human being, you, of course, human being will mean now, okay, that you have, you are a husband, okay, you went to work, then there is uh, an incident that happened there, you were laid off, and now you, you lost a home, you, you, you don't have money, or you have too much money, you don't know what to do with the money. These are things that usually happen to human beings. So when you tell this story, relay it in a way that uh, you can uh, you, you can actually touch the heart string of the people that are listening to you, they, they don't have any other option than to pay attention because what can happen to you can also happen to them, even though it might not have happened to them already because you are a human being, you are like them. So it is important that we connect at the human level. That is the entire uh, uh, conversation that we are talking about as storytelling. We want to connect at the human level, and it is really fundamental uh, for mentioning that, uh, Tanya. Thank you for that. All right, I see Izu is in the room. Izu, you are welcome. I don't know why you came from the back. Uh, from the back, I don't know. Should we call it backyard? Anyway, the mic is yours. Thank you so much, Mr. Obehi. For some reason, I was laughing out loud when you said I came from the backyard. I don't know. But that... <laughs> That really, that really sounded really hilarious. But I'm very good to be here. I think it's been a moment I have been in, in LinkedIn for some days and weeks. I've been so busy with my work. Um, but I'm so happy to be here today. And I'd like to say greetings to all the beautiful people that I can see their faces. And, uh, and obviously, I can't wait to hear your voices as well. So um, for me, my name is Izo Samuel. And I am a professional storyteller. A few years ago, I created a course called The Business of Storytelling. The reason I created this course was because I realized that there are lots of people with experiences, businesses with histories. Most of those people and businesses do not really understand the business side of storytelling and the impact side of storytelling. So for me, I have always believed on the basis of this course that storytelling is a means of relaying information through narrating. It is primarily used in knowledge management, child and adult education, journalism, psychotherapy, as well as a marketing and PR tool for advertising purposes. I believe that storytelling is a product, you know, the way you're using your phone, your iPhone Pro Max to be here, or your Android, or your laptop, or your shoes, your lens, your, your clothes, those are products. 
I also perceive storytelling as to being a product because when you understand storytelling from the angle of being a, a product, you will go hand in hand seeing storytelling as a solution driven too. So it's not just like what people come to say, this is my story. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what happened to me 20 years ago. No, that is not just what storytelling is. Storytelling is a product that addresses the challenges of people, is a product that heals the wounds of people, is a product that solves the problems of people. So if you have not started perceiving story as to meaning, a product. I'm here today to help you to understand it. And alongside with the wonderful speakers on the stage, uh, and feel free as well to come up on the stage so we can have the best of conversation this evening. Once again, my name is Izu Samuel. I believe that everything about life, business, culture, tradition rises and falls on the power of storytelling. Over to you, Mr. Obeyan. Good to have you here, bro. Thank you so much, brother. It couldn't be said any better that everything that we do rises and falls on the basis of story. I think we need to write that down somewhere. <laughs> Thank you for that, Izu. That is so true. That is so true. You could take on politics. You could take on economy, even science, astronomy, physics, all of them rises and falls on the basis of story. And probably that is what even makes us who we are. Uh, in the kind of the metropolitan city that we have today, in terms of the society that we have been able to build, our story actually conditioned us to do what we are doing because we are able to tell really captivating story. All right, um, that is what it is. So I want to thank everybody that are joining us today. Uh, for those that are the regular guests here, they already prepared for it, for the conversation. Now we have some people in the room uh, who are boiling with points. We want them to quickly share with us, then we go to uh, the main guests in the room uh, who are sort of older here. I think the first to, to join us was actually Cynthia. Cynthia, please go ahead and share with us. Remember, the conversation of the day is owning your brand voice through storytelling. Please go ahead and educate us. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Obi. Uh, when I actually joined in and I raised my hand, I was trying to wave at you, but I might as well be taking advantage of this platform and get an opportunity to engage and also learn from it. And um, I like Uzi's, um, Izu's um, presentation where he talks about everything rises and falls with storytelling. It actually just gives an emphasis on the power of storytelling, the kind of connections that you create um, with your audiences through storytelling. So I'll just give you a brief of who I am. I'm, I'm Cynthia Muzera, I'm from Zimbabwe. I'm a marketing specialist or strategist and um, award-winning within my context. And I've, I've had experience in, in, in selling financial services or trying to build a story, set brands apart um, based on storytelling. Um, I've seen the power of storytelling how it sets you apart from your ordinary everyday products and services that you have. I always believe things like products, services, we can always copy here, here and there from each other. But what then sustains you or sets you apart in driving a business and, and ensuring you have um, that revenue growth that you're looking at is how you share your story. And the story is not just about what you write about the brand. It's also how the brand reflects in the, in the minds of the audience. So it actually then builds on the authenticity and generally 
everything that you have human connection with and in, um, intimacy with, people tend to love brands that resonate well with what they believe in. And the best way to actually do that is through uh, the power of telling a story and being clear on what your brand is about. So, so for now, that would be my, my, my summary or my submission in this conversation, and then we can carry through as we go along. But I'm really excited to be here and, and, and listening to all the other submissions that everybody has made. And I do believe everything rises and falls through storytelling. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Cynthia. I, I appreciate your contribution. Anyway, Izu, you can see that the, the line that you have drawn there, everybody is going to be measured by that. <laughs> Everything rises and falls on the basis of story, so that is going to remain with us for a long time. All right, uh, Marsha, you did say that you were going to leave very uh, early, so you wanted to just quickly share something with us. So yeah, I pass the mic to you. Remember, we are talking about owning your brand voice through storytelling. What do you have to share with us? Well, hello. Uh, I am Marsha Lynn Hudson, and thank you so much to our lovely host for having me. And yeah, I was headed to breakfast, and this popped up. And I saw that storytelling and I had to hop in because that is um, something that really catches my attention as a marketing and brand strategist and a leadership coach. Well, I'm here in the States and some of you are in some awesome places. I'm in Houston, Texas. But when I think about storytelling um, and I have people asking me, all of my clients, Marsha, how do I do it? How do I how do I build a brand? through storytelling. And the first thing that I say is branding, uh, storytelling will sell and build your brand. That's the first thing. Storytelling will increase your impact and it will increase your income. And people are like, well, how do I do it on social media? And how do I do storytelling on in an email? Or how do I do it on my blog or podcast? And the one biggest secret that uh, or the one biggest thing that I tell people when you want to be a storyteller and build a brand, because that's what builds brands, not businessy and jargony and all of that. It used to be like that. I've been teaching social media here at the college, the University of Houston since 2015. It used to be like that. The one biggest thing, if you want to know how do I build my brand voice through storytelling, and this is a very easy way to do it. Pretend you are at your local Starbucks or coffee house or wherever you go. Pretend you are at a place, a bookstore, whatever, with your one ideal client. And you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your one ideal client. I like here we have Starbucks. I like to say we go to Starbucks, we sit down, and I have my one ideal client. Mainly my clients are female entrepreneurs. They're normally over 40. They know what they want. They're purpose-driven, but I do have awesome men too. And you you sit down and you ask them, what are your struggles? What are your pain points? What are your challenges? What are your desires? And when they start telling you, all of that content becomes storytelling for you. And then you go and you post it and you talk like you're talking to them and you speak in first person. That is the best way to build your brand through storytelling. And then you go through your social sites and you scroll through them and, you, and pe because people see your brand as 
this is who you are. This is how you make them feel. This is what you do for them. Uh, Jeff Bezos, the you know owner of Amazon, said your brand is everything that people feel, think, and perceive about you is what they say about you when you're not in the room. So I hope that that tip has helped you. When you're posting to social media, your email, you're doing a podcast or a blog, storytelling is simply talking, just simple, plain talking about what people want, their challenges, their desires, first person, everyday language, that is storytelling and it will build your brand, increase your impact and your income. And I'm Marceline Hudson, and I hope that those tips has helped you. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Absolutely, Marsha. That is absolutely fantastic. Anyway, for the audience, is there anybody that I've gotten any value so far? If any, please show your best sign. I don't know, whatever it is, maybe love, maybe laugh, whatever. Just show sign. Let us know that you are here. Let us know that uh, it is not just a picture that you are really here. If you have ever gotten a value so far. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. I love that. All right. There are two people that I haven't spoken. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know the one that came first just now, but anyway, let's go to Grace. Grace, it is your turn. That is a beautiful day, by the way. Please go ahead. Good morning from uh, Texas, Houston here, Marsha. <laughs> it's crazy how technology is working these days, connecting nearly two neighbors um, all the way from Italy. <laughs> um so thank you for having this room, uh, Abahi, and um, and forgive me ahead of time for pronouncing it wrong if I did. <laughs> no, that is perfectly um, fine. That is Abahi. You are right. You are so right. Go on, sister. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I see your uh, rooms, um, and I always want to come on, but somehow um, it just time never uh, permit. But um, in regards to your topic, it's a, such a great, important topic that um, frankly, it's a challenging topic for me. And uh, to be honest, to tell my own story, it's quite challenging. Now, because of my profession um, as a recruiter, I do um, speak to that. That is part of my job is to um, ask questions and allow others to tell their story um, as uh, far as as a professional um, stories and listen to those, interpret them to uh whatever um, I am trying to get out of it, right? Out of that story. Um, now, as far as, as telling my own story, um, I'm just getting slowly but surely the hang of it. So, which is uh, why this is so um, great to have and have the opportunity to listen to uh, you guys as professionals in that area. Um, I did notice that when people ask me questions about myself over and over again, and I keep answering those questions. Um, for example, what very common one is, uh, where are you from? Now, at first, I struggle with that because I was born in East Africa. I was raised in Europe, and I have been living here for over two decades. So the, the where are you from, for me, it's um, hard to answer. So I tell them I'm a citizen of three continents, <laughs> basically, and just wrap that up and... Um, put a bow on that, right? And go into deeper, uh, into, into, you know, a couple of more details per se. Um, but I think the more you people ask you repetitive question, um, the more you, it helps you uh, express who you are and what your mission is in this world professionally or personally. 
I guess that's my two cents to that. Um, I yield the mic to you. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. We appreciate that you are owning your voice. Uh, that is actually why we are here too, because we have experts here who are helping you, helping you to understand how to leverage storytelling, how you could... Uh, yesterday, actually, I, I did uh, a webinar where I talked about passion to business, how you could turn your passion into business. And of course, this is available on our YouTube uh, channel. And then at the beginning of it, I was saying that we should uh, flip the way we use the smartphone. Instead of us watching the screen, we should turn it around so that the camera is looking at us. This way, we will project something into the camera so that people can look at us. It is only when people look at us, when we are the creator of the information, that we can leverage the information. Other than that, we are just number, we are just consuming information that are created by other people. We can never leverage those kind of information. So owning your story is fundamental. Now look at you, Grace. You are coming, you were born in East Africa, you grew up in Europe, now you are in the United States. That is a huge story you, that you can leverage for anything that you do. Because not many people have that kind of trajectory. Be born in East Africa, grow up in Europe, they're living in the United States. That is a huge story. That, how do you call it? That can even be uh, regarded uh, as, um, as an investment that you can leverage, you know? <laughs> so yeah, we are really telling people, own your voice and leverage it for your own good. Because there is nobody, nobody else in this world that is like you. You are unique, you are special, you are one and only, you are a unicorn. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that part. All right, so we have, uh, I think, yeah, the last one there is Oladipe, it's your turn. Please share with us, and please remember that we're talking about owning your brand voice through storytelling. Please share with us. Thank you very much for having me on stage, Obey. Uh, I always love your room, and by the way, each time I hear your voice, you remember, you remind me of a family friend. <laughs> each time you talk, it's like I'm hearing his voice. You have just so much resemblance. <laughs> wow, thank you so much for that. I'm going to put that down somewhere. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well done. And Izu, thank you for your thoughts. Thank you so much, dear brother. Yes, you said it right. You said it correctly. There is, a, whether it's up, whether it's down, there is story for everything. And I would say behind every story, there must be at least a lesson to learn. Well, let me introduce myself. My name is Ola Bimpi Adeloro. I'm a cybersecurity and um, data protection specialist. And um, if you see, my profession is kind of boring. Boring not in itself, but to the general public. Because cybersecurity, as much as we can't do without it, uh, is not something we are very familiar with. Experience has shown that many don't know about it. We take it for granted. And so, and it looks so huge. It looks so wide. It looks so remote. So um, my mission on LinkedIn is to give that sensitization to people on how to protect their data and to reach out to potential clients on their data protection. But at some point, I find out that, well, because of the nature of the uh, profession, you know, it's such a serious profession that at the end of the day, end up 
being boring to people. So when I make my posts, when I make my content as insightful as they are, personally, I feel I'm not having that connection. So at some point, I started thinking of, okay, what do I do? How do I speak in the language of my audience? So that even somebody not from my background as a professional will still get my message and benefit from it. Then storytelling came to mind. So I decided that every Thursday, I will be giving a story on cybersecurity. Now, no story about, oh, there is a threat, this is the current threat, this is the vulnerability, no. But just try and you know, cook up something that people can relate with and put names behind the story so that they will understand if I'm talking about social engineering attack, if I'm talking about phishing attack, even though I'm not using those technical vocabularies, they will still, I will pass across my message. And that gave birth to my cyber safety tools uh, for Thursdays that give birth to a, an audio event room. Now, to tell you that, yes, I mean, that's why, why I raised up my hand is when you were talking about the fact that practically you can talk about everything. Everything can be a story about your brand. You can be still be talking about your brand. Your brand should have a voice and you can have a story. You can have stories behind that brand that people will know you with. I'll tell you what happened yesterday. Yesterday, I, my post was a story about a hunter and a cybersecurity girl. This cybersecurity girl in a village was looking for something and she got lost into the forest. Now, she missed her way, but she came in contact with this hunter. But, you know, because she's a cybersecurity specialist, she was very cautious because she didn't want to be taken advantage of. But for the hunter, the hunter was ready to help her, but goes beyond that. Seeing her, it was a love at the foresight for the hunter. She noticed that and she was trying to resist. Eventually, they both fell in love. <laughs> you can read the rest of the story on my post. That's not the purpose. <laughs> but what I'm saying about this is, now, what is the point? Yes, we have to, we know we have vulnerabilities, we have threat actors, then how do we leverage on it so that at the end of the day, who should help us, maybe like a potential client on LinkedIn will not be seen as a threat actor. That was my mission. But guess what happened? I started receiving um, uh, impressions about the story. People started entering my DM. Some could not write directly on this post, but they entered my DM telling me how much they understood, got the story and got carried away. You know, it's like almost everybody like love story, right? So, but I could connect, you know, that's what I wanted to bring out. I could make that connection while still not away from my primary objective, telling them about vulnerability threat and the needs to connect without throwing caution to the wind. So I agree with you, storytelling to the world. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That, that, is, that is highly valuable. That is highly valuable. In that you throw something out there and the people respond. Uh, that is really very important. Then it, it is up to you now to 
direct the conversation where you want to direct it to. Because, you know, attention these days is very expensive. People are just scrolling the pages of internet, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling to go. Now, you need to be able to stop them and say, hey, 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 look out here. Now, when you when they get that attention, what do you do with it? That is up to you as a storyteller and who is using it for the business because you have an objective. So it is up to you to be able to use it for that way. So thank you for that. Uh, when we say uh, brand voice, what are we supposed to even understand by that? I want to throw that question to Tanya Kabuya. What do you want to say about that? What's about to say brand voice? What is that person talking about? What are we supposed to understand by that term? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> I love this question. So I think we can all agree that um, your brand is not your logo. I mean, Seth, I believe Seth Gordon is the one that made that um, thing very popular. But your brand is not your logo. And your brand is not anything that you say your brand is. Your brand is essentially what people the market perceive you to be. And I know that everybody here, not everybody here in the room is um, has a personal brand. For, for many of you, you're thinking, okay, yeah, storytelling, but how does this apply to my business? I've had a client literally say, well, I like the idea. I understand the idea of storytelling, but Tanya, I sell to corporate businesses. These people are logical, but storytelling will apply. But at first, we are going to get a little bit technical. Um, I'm going to geek out on marketing here for you guys, so I want you to really pay attention. The only... The only thing you have control over in with your marketing when it comes to how you can direct how the audience and the market views you is through your positioning and your messaging. And this is where your brand voice comes in. And what is your brand voice? It is essentially how you make your audience feel. It's how you communicate with your audience, with the market, and your message is what you communicate. Because you need to remember that whatever you are selling, you are selling the market, the audience, a better version of themselves. Whether you are selling financial services or whether you are selling um, tech products, a SaaS product, an enterprise um, product, you are selling the business or the person a better version of themselves. I'll give you an example. We worked with a financial advisory firm and they were having issues because financial advisory, often the biggest problem that they have is that they, the lead generation techniques that they often use are the older type, door knocking, having people um, leverage their network. These work, don't get me wrong, these work. I've done door-knocking sales. I don't knock it. They work. However, after a while, what you'll notice, you cap at a certain income level. And this is how and when we started working with this client. And they were selling insurance. And this was an independent advisory firm. So when we worked with them, they were like, oh, but we sell insurance. It's not that sexy. It's not a sexy product. It's something that people don't really enjoy talking about, um, especially the fact that we're selling life insurance. People don't like thinking about death. And I asked them, what is it that people love to think about when it comes to death? And obviously, it's protecting the children, it's protecting the loved one, it's taking care of the loved one. So we started incorporating storytelling in terms of telling stories of how 
people could protect the loved one. So we would tell the story of a single mother. There was a story that we crafted for them of a single mother that did her best to send a child to school, to to really work hard to take care of your child. And she wanted to be able to give her child the best life possible. And she started getting worried of what would happen if she wasn't there. That was after she had an accident and she saw a life flash through her eyes and she wasn't prepared. And she, thank goodness, she survived. And now she was thinking, what happens if I hadn't survived? So when we started sharing, incorporating that into their marketing, then notice the, the lead generation went up. And it wasn't um, them going to look for leads. It was inbound leads. And the, I mean, you want inbound leads if you run a business, because this is literally people saying, hey, I want what you're selling. I'm ready. I think I have a problem that you need to solve. And this is what is important with storytelling. But let's get back to what is your brand voice and how you can figure out your brand voice. First of all, your brand voice is how you make your audience feel. You need to figure out how do you want your audience feel. And this, I, I think I, it goes back to what Marsha shared about knowing your audience. You need to understand who the hell is your audience. My audience is not everybody. And we spent, I mean, anybody that works in our company, AdWords Digital, gets a folder of ideal clients. And it's a detailed ICP breakdown from how they think to how they feel to the problems that they are facing to the pain that they're having to their dreams, their desires, all of it, to what are their aspirations. That is because you need to understand how they, they feel and who they are and how they make decisions so that you can create your brand voice. If you go through our content, we have a, a style of writing. Our, style, our writing style is pro, pro, primarily professional, a bit formal, it's a little bit of wit when I'm writing for, for myself personally on my own newsletter, a bit of wit, but it's usually very matter of fact, very data driven. And that is because we are trying to appeal to a certain psychographic trait within or ideal clients. Because we are working with tech startup founders, we are work working with CEOs, and we are working with entrepreneurs. And as much as a lot, there are some entrepreneurs that are very, that are love the, the fluffy things, most of them are like, well, girl, how does this look for my bank account? That's usually what is driving an entrepreneur. And this is something that we understand. So you need to understand how do you want your audience to feel? For us, we want them to feel confident. We want them to feel at ease that we can serve them, for example. Then you need to decide what is the personality of your voice. My personality, my personality, if you are on my newsletter that I send on Saturday, it's very witty, very funny, a little bit of banter, a little bit of, you know, me talking to my inner people because that is my personal newsletter and people sign up to hear my thoughts. However, if on the, you are on our newsletter, you also get a Tuesday newsletter, which the brand tone is completely different. That is because that is more of a general um 
tone and voice because this is speaking, it is with digital talking, it is not Tanya talking. So you need to understand what is the personality of your voice, which is your brand tone. Then you have your tempo. How you write, uh, I remember there was a client that we worked with, um, she came on the phone and we started talking, we were having a consultation and she burst out laughing. I'm like, why? She's like, Tanya, you sound exactly how I hear you when I, I read what you write. Matter of fact, straight to the point, doesn't beat around the bush, punch straight. And this is even anybody that works in the, the company knows that I'm a straight shooter and I make sure that it comes across to the, um, to how we write content or how I write content. And that is also something that comes across for the business because we're very matter of fact, we're very straight to the point, we shoot to the point and we're very data driven because we use a psychology based marketing. Um, that's what we leverage in the business. And we're like, hey, this is how the brain works. This is how we're working. This is what we believe is it is. It's, we are either for you or we are not. And the same way it comes across in our marketing, this is how our sales process is. This is how, if you get on the phone with me, it is. We are very matter of fact. So you need to understand to create the rhythm and which is the tempo of your voice. How do you want to come across to your audience, to the market? Do you want to be flashy, fun, very jubilant? That is fake. You need to really take the time to think about it. Then you need to understand terminologies, wording you usually use. What are the wordings and the terminologies that you usually use that somebody doesn't need to really think too hard? If they see that copy anyway, they're like, they're like what? This is Tanya. Nah, this is Grace. This is Izu. This is Cynthia. Well, this is, Adi uh, this is Michael. Yeah, this is definitely Michael. You want when people think of a particular thought as well as a particular feeling, you want them to associate it with you. This is when your positioning now is taking place. And this is where your messaging is strong because now you want, when people think, you want people to think, well, professional storyteller. When somebody is saying, oh, I need a professional storyteller immediately to what comes to mind is you want if somebody is thinking well i need a global talent sourcing and recruiting specialist immediately they have to think about grace and that is done through your brand voice because brand voice is something that cannot be imitated because what you ought to do with that is infuse your personal stories and i've shared about it before which is you, there are different types of stories. You have your origin stories, you have your narrative, you have your customer stories, you have your product story, and I be, the other one is your conversion stories. These are the five types of stories that you will infuse into your branding, your positioning, your messaging, as well as into your brand voice. So for example, anybody that gets into my personal newsletter knows that I call people business athletes. I say that we are play this is a sport. Business is a sport. This is the strong, this is only for the strongest. You ain't gonna make it if you're not strong. So that repels anybody that doesn't feel that business is a sport, doesn't feel that they are um that they need to work hard at the business, they need to push, they, they need to be extreme, very ambitious because we use a lot of word 
terminologies that are like tech-savvy, tech-enabled, tech-led. These are the terminologies that we use. So immediately now, when somebody else, you start, they start using those words, even when they use those words, what's going to happen? People are, people are going to be like, oh, Tanya been saying that. Oh, if let's say Grace has her own words, her own terminologies, even when other people copy that, they'll be like, oh, Grace be saying that. Mm-hmm, Grace be saying that. Oh, I need, I need a specialist. What that happens, and people that copy your brand, what they do, they're doing free marketing for you. Because when they copy it and people see it, they only push it, push them back to you. So this is why it's very important that you work on your brand first. I hope I answered your question. I didn't rant too long. Oh, you did give a, a good, a great answer. Thank you so much for that. Of course, with all the um, the here and there it, uh, injection that you put into it, you made it even clearer. Thank you so much for that. You see, what you actually remained in my head as you were talking on, that brand, when you do your brand where it cannot be imitated, I think somebody needs to really pay attention to that. In that, you see, in the world that we are living in today, we are over eight hundred, we are over eight billion people. But do you know that we cannot actually be confused? Okay, now if you are in a crowd, you hear somebody talking, somebody you hear somebody, a human being speak in the crowd. If it is somebody that you know, you will know that that is the person that is talking. That is despite the fact that we are over 8 billion people in the world. How do we do that? Now, if somebody hear your brand, hear about your brand somewhere, will he know that that is you? Will he know what you represent? That is, what I mean is that if there are maybe 10, 20, or 100 pieces of information on a paper and your brand is among it, if somebody look at it and see your brand there, Will this individual know what you are, know what you represent? That is what I actually what I actually mean is that if there were a business opportunity and they are looking for a solution, if somebody look at your name, look at your Instagram, look at your Facebook, look at your YouTube uh, channel, or look at your Instagram, would they give you? Would they suggest your name because they say, "Oh, that is what he or she does." I think that is essentially what we are talking about here. And I think that is also what Tanel is talking about, that you cannot, be, you cannot be misunderstood about that because your story is so unique to you. If you have a story, if you brand yourself, when people hear your voice, they know that this is who you are. It cannot be mistaken. That is despite the fact that we are over 8 billion people in the world because each of us is unique. Each of us is special. But you see... This speciality, if we don't build it, it will not emerge. If you don't build it, you are just like a number. You are just like a number like that is missing in the over 8 billion people in the world. If you want to stand out, you are going to have to really hone your story key and make sure that that story emerges in your communication. When you talk, when you present yourself, when you interact with people, they need to say, mm, this is who you are. We don't want to leave that to chances. We don't want to say, oh, they will understand me. No, nobody can understand what you have inside your head. You're going to have to use your mouth or whatever you see that you use to communicate and let, it, let your message come out. Now, talking of communication, now I remember Izu. Izu is a communication expert. So before I get to the other Tanya, Israel is going to help us understand. 
Now, what could be the role of communication in brand building? Say, using storytelling. Izu, help us with that because you are an expert in this area. All right. So I I wanted to take out um, the single time and moment to really appreciate Tanya for that intelligent response to that question because it's a very sensitive question and we must be very careful when such sensitive questions are asked. The way we respond is really important and I'd like to say very well done to you, Tanya, for responding to that question intelligently. Now, consigning communications and storytelling. Storytelling is the basis of why individuals, brands, organizations, institutions communicate in the first place. The story is the foundation of the why. And let me turn it around. The importance of communications is storytelling. Now, the basis of communications is storytelling, and the basis of storytelling is communications. It is the bridge to connect with audiences. I've come to realize that we live in a world full of information, full of people speaking, both normal people, mad people, like everybody's talking. The social medias, people are talking, people are communicating, but just a few people are connecting with people. And this is what I realized in my recent times of engaging in research, that when you open your mouth and share your story, whether it's your story or on the basis of fiction, you automatically position yourself as someone who deserves to be listened to. Because story is a statement of hope. Story is a statement of, if I could go through this challenge, it means you can also go through it and come out victorious. And when you now want to communicate, you don't just say words, you don't just open your mouth and give quotes. You communicate from a place of conviction. This is the importance of storytelling and communications and the importance of communications in storytelling. So they both are interconnected. We all have story to tell because we have something to inform or persuade, to shift, to, to shift, shift narratives, change the perception and the concept with which we communicate our stories. We communicate our ideas. So whenever you have the opportunity to communicate, there is always a question you must answer. And that question is why? Why do you communicate? And why should people listen to you? If you can answer this question carefully, you would agree with me to a very large extent. If you're dealing with a brand, you're dealing with yourself, you're dealing with a product, you're dealing with a service, then you must be able to infuse an atom of story when you want to answer this question of why. Because storytelling is really a beautiful thing, but it is more beautiful when you understand the communication dimension of storytelling. There are lots of people with powerful stories, but they lack the intelligence, they lack the strategy to communicate. See, Communication is built around five pillars, but because of time, I'm going to share just two 
the first pillar I will share with you is the pillar of clarity. No matter how much you speak, no matter how much you communicate, if you are not clear with what you're saying, if you're not clear with what you're communicating, you would obviously lose your audience. And when I say clarity, it simply means traditional and cultural way of communicating. By traditional and cultural way of communicating, you must be able to understudy the people you are communicating to because just like as um, Tyan stated, that uh, I like the way she stated it, that you can't communicate to everybody. Specificity is important in communications and storytelling. So for you to be able to do this effectively, you need to hold on to the values of clarity because you can't be more intelligent than how much clear you are when you communicate. I'm going to say this again. You cannot be more intelligent than how much you are clear in with your communications. This is really important. The second pillar I'm going to share with you is the pillar called strategy. Strategy in communications is really important. I, I will bring that down to what I call contest. You cannot strategically communicate without contest. For every opportunity you have to speak, there should be a proper definition of contest. And the contest with which you communicate would help you to be more strategic with what you're communicating across the people. Every beautiful thing about storytelling can only make sense when you understand the power of contest as it is enshrined in strategy and clarity. Many of us have powerful stories, but we do not even know how to manage these powerful stories because we lack the ability to communicate. Having in mind the power of clarity and the power of contest as we speak. Now, Storytelling is the careful transfer of information and emotion around a specific idea, topic, and piece of news or opinion. In practical terms, it is the art of communicating information in a way that paints a very clear picture of for the receiver from a specific, you know, from a specific point of view. Across many decades, I did a research many years ago many, many years ago, I realized something very beautiful and unbelievable about storytelling is that you can never mention storytelling in an article without mentioning communications. <laughs> it is not possible for you to educate people on storytelling without having to understand the fundamentals and the sciences of story of communications because you know why communications has been enshrined into every human being for every single person who can hear my voice right now you are patterned to communicate in a certain way there is a way you have been created to communicate and i'm not talking about your accent because you can have the best of accent and still not make sense so I'm not talking about accent. I'm talking about intelligent communications here. Every one of us have been patterned to communicate in a certain way. And what would help your ability to share your story depends largely on your ability to be able to improve, optimize 
how you communicate. Communication can be fundamental. It can be cultural. It can be traditional. But it is more important when communications becomes really intelligent because intelligent communications and intellectual communications and communicating would help you as a business person to know what stories to tell and how best to end your story. I was in a meeting some time ago where a certain business person was communicating a certain story. The person told a powerful story, but the person ended up distracting the audience with the story because too much of everything can become so bad. And this is why intelligent communications and intellectual communications and communicating is really important. The final thing I'm going to say here is this. The storytelling and communications, when both of them are intertwined, is one of the most ancient and sacred concepts in all of human history. Starting with our long-distant ancestors, weaving myths around fires that kept the darkness at bay, and evolving through the centuries to include writing, painting, music, dance, and more. It becomes more complex when we fight so hard to separate storytelling from communications and communications from storytelling. The both of them have been created to exist and you cannot separate them. So trying to separate communications from storytelling and storytelling from communications is as good as fighting so hard to not impact people as much as you're doing your best to impact people's lives. It is a complex concept that still strikes that every heart of who we are as a specification and species are defined on the basis of the concept of storytelling and communication. So the importance of communications in storytelling is that the lifeline of storytelling depends 100% on communications. The lifeline of storytelling depends 100% on communications. And this is why you must do everything possible to not sound like Obehi or to not sound like Isu Samuel or Tanya. You must do everything possible within your powers to sound like yourself, the way you have been patterned to sound. Unfortunately, we don't have all the time to deal with this subject because this is really an, a very sensitive question and treating it from the surface level is going to affect your effectiveness in getting down with it as a business person. But let me just end by saying this, that everything becomes more clear in storytelling when we communicate aright. I did not say when we communicate, but when we communicate aright. So the question you may have to ask yourself is, for every moment you open your mouth to communicate, are you communicating aright? If you are not, I encourage you to do so. My name is Izu Samuel. Over to you, Mr. Obehi. Thank you so much, Izu. Um, you are always very powerful. Of course, it's obvious that this is your area. Uh, you are a communication expert. So uh, we cannot be surprised about that, that uh, you are a product of what you are talking about. and. Uh, you really know the work very well. So any person that wants to understand it more, they should reach out to you. I think that is what it says is about. All right. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. And I was actually reflecting when you were talking of um, 
intelligent communication that at the end of the day, and also you, you did make mention of the fact that you cannot separate storytelling from communication. Because of course, when you are telling a story, you are communicating. So essentially what we are talking about now, what is, is uh, helping us to know that what we have understood is that when we talk, um, we should pay attention to the person that we are talking to or to the people that we are talking to. Because until the people that we are talking to understand it, it appears that we have wasted our time because they are at the center of the conversation. Now, uh, what would that would be? Because maybe when Isu said intelligent communication, maybe somebody might be thinking, ah, it means that you should sound highly eloquent. No, that is not what it means. In that, if the person that you are speaking to doesn't understand the high grammar, you are going to come down to their level to understand to speak today in their level because you know your audience. Because in business, this will come up again and again and again. In that you might have one piece of story, but are you intelligent enough to understand who is in front of you? Because if you are really intelligent, you should understand when to use those high grammar. Because there are times that you might need to, if Izu is going to address a university, there is a way he is going to speak. It might be the same story. But if he's going to address market women who do not understand the high grammar, he is going to speak in the level that they will understand. But he is the same person. He is the same Izu. The story is still the same, but the delivery is going to be different. I think we must pay attention to that. That is the intelligent part of it. Either you know who you are talking to, so you must come to their level. Because in communication, we will come to understand that if the people you are talking to do not understand you, then you haven't communicated because you are you are verbalizing something, you are throwing out information because you want the people that are listening to you to understand. So if they don't understand you, then what have you done? Well, now we come to Tanya. Now the Tanya Kole, not the other Tanya, no? Tanya Kole, it is your turn because you are also a, a great expert in this area. Uh, of course, today conversation is about owning your brand voice through storytelling. And I have a curiosity. I really usually have a lot. <laughs> so using storytelling, how do you own your brand voice? What would you say about that? Okay, thank you for that. Yeah, I think what everyone has been saying is so key about owning your brand voice. So, for example, when you're speaking on social media, speaking in person, who is your? who are you speaking to? which has been mentioned before, and how are you speaking to them? It's the language that you are speaking, which is so important. And for me, when I'm communicating my message, and it's been mentioned as well about the clarity, because if you are not clear in speaking, you're going to confuse your audience, and they're not sure what you're trying to communicate. So you have to own your voice, your personality. You cannot imitate or copy what other people are doing or how they are communicating online their story. But it is about who are you? And it's about knowing who you are. What is your message? That is so important. What is your message? What are you trying to communicate? For me as a book publisher, when I'm trying to help people, whether it's coaches, pastors, experts, sharing their story, I've always telling them, what is the story? What is the message? And what is it that you're trying to communicate? And that is very important. 
Because if you're not sure on what you're trying to communicate, you're going to confuse your audience. So it's about bringing out your personality. When I'm communicating, I'm always laughing. People are always saying, why are you always laughing? Because I find myself very funny. Even when I make mistakes, I laugh at my own jokes. And like Tanya mentioned before, she's very straight to the point. And that is me as well. And when I'm communicating, it's my tone, it's my style, and it's my messaging. This is me, and this is who I am. And I will attract those people. So when I am sharing on social media about, you know, wanting to share your story, I don't just say, you know, come and DM me. What I will say is I will share a story. And I will share a story either of myself or my clients on where they were and wanting to share a story or wanting to write their book, feeling stuck, not sure, can't get the words out of their head and onto paper. I'm using the language that my clients would use. So when they hear or when they read what they're reading on social media, they their ears will prick up and they will be attracted to the message that I am communicating. And I am conscious of time that it is uh, 10 past three. So that's really about my, in a nutshell, it's about your tone, it's about your style and your messaging. And it's knowing who you are, not imitating other people, but knowing who you are and communicating your tone, your style and your messaging, which is really important because that will then attract the right people. All right. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. Tanya, before you were saying something uh, to the effect of different type of storytelling. Okay. I'm just trying to be a little bit faster because time is, uh, is, is what it is, is, is fast gone. Um, I don't know if you want to spend some time just touching about some of these different type of story that we should use. I'll try to be brief, guys, because uh, we are very conscious of your time. Um, so the, there are five type of stories that you need to incorporate. So origin story where you've come from what way like why did you start your business like why why did was digital um come to be if you were in the beginning of this room when you started the room you heard me say i started i'm a girl who accidentally built a business by writing stories on social media that is a story that's my origin story so that's for example your origin story different stories you have different sections of your story for different audiences, for example. Then you have your product story. What, how does your product change the life of your clients, of the market? Then you have your narrative. Why you? Why not your competitors? Why not just not do anything? For example, with us, we are a revenue enablement company and we help businesses, companies that were started by a lot of entrepreneurs to remove the founder from the business because a lot of them did not sign up to be marketers and salespeople. And we want to help them build businesses that are sellable assets. So that is our narrative, for example. We share why building a business that is focused on you and just on your personal brand is something that is going to trap you and you will, it will lead to burnout. And a lot of times people are going to close down their businesses because you've not built goodwill or enough value. That's my narrative. That's my narrative story. That's the narrative story of Ruth Digital. 
So how do we help you? Now, for example, let's go back to the product story. We incorporate a revenue scaling system that removes you from doing sales and marketing and creates predictable sales and systems in your business so that we can you can go on a holiday and put somebody else that can operate that business. It becomes a turnkey solution and you can even sell the business because now you have value that is sellable. Now, I've just told you a product story. And I've given you examples, and you can picture that in your brain. So now, I've, now we have your conversion story. Now, your conversion story will be the story that you tell. And this is very, I can't explain it here. We go through it with uh, in a lot of our programs, Easy Sales, as well as our upcoming B2B sales accelerator that we'll have for solopreneurs and independent consultants and freelancers. But your conversion stories are stories that you tell with the purpose of converting people into a sale. So these are the stories that you share. It's not about getting attention. It's not about uh, making them understanding. It's about getting them to pull the trigger and make a purchasing decision right there and then. So we go a lot in a lot because it's a little bit intricate. So we go into that when we go through because I need to teach you how to do that. But then afterward, you have your customer story, which is usually your case studies. I've shared one earlier today. Your case studies, um, the journey, it's what Tanya mentioned earlier about when she said shares the stories of where her clients were before and where they were after and the process that they, they went through. So that those are usually your customer sto um, stories. So if you have those, you can share that. If you are newer in the business, you can share the, the ideology around that, where they are before, where they need to be, and how your process will take them through that. But in a, in a nutshell, these are the five stories that you will incorporate into your business. I hope that helped everybody. Show me some love here. Let me see. Did please, everybody please. Do the everybody. <laughs> Did you pick this up? Otherwise, I'm not coming again. Like, can I see some offering? Some offering. Yes, I'm seeing some hearts. Some more offering. I need some more offering. There's too little offering. Come on. I just gave you some good stuff here. Some offering. And it's not money. It's... Just give me react some reactions. I'm, those are my offerings that I'm looking for. Can I have some offerings? Okay, I got some, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Tanya. Thank you. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, we, we just want to be sure that you are here, you are listening, you are hearing what is being said so that at least uh, we can do more. That is that is essentially what it is. Uh, We're not really charging anybody for this. Uh, of course, there are some offers that can, that can also be made uh, at the point, but here we are just here to deliver value but we need to know that you are getting the value that is just what it's all about so thank you for those of you that have showed sign all right we have uh kenny wokoye i don't know yeah should i did i pronounce that correctly anyway yeah, it's, it's kenny wokoye <laughs> <laughs> i was having a doubt myself <laughs> anyway brother, go on and share with us thank you so much this will be the, the second time i'm actually joining the your LinkedIn audio rooms. Awesome conversation so far. I've been listening since the beginning of this call. Um, so I just felt like sharing a couple of things about brand storytelling, building a personal brand through storytelling as well. Because I started building my personal brand four years ago, 2019. I started building my personal brand and I did it all the wrong ways at first. Eventually, I, <laughs> eventually after struggling for 11 months to build that brand, 
I figure, figured out a couple of structures around how to tell the kind of stories that people want to hear and the kind of stories that people want to interact with, you know. And I, I find that one very powerful thing that, you know, people don't talk about very often about storytelling is value matches. So what, what do I mean by that? When you are sharing your stories on social media, you have to be polarizing about the things that you stand for and the things that you do not stand for, the things you represent and the things that you do not represent. I find that whenever you do something like this, you instantly form value matches with people, right? At the same time, even without sharing the things you are, you know, the things you stand for and the things that you do not stand for, by just being open and sincere about the things that you like and the things that you you do and just basically sharing things authentically about yourself what happens is that when you when you do it people feel like they can connect to you right let me give an example i currently live in dubai and whenever i share stories and i talk about the fact that i am nigerian I am born and raised in Nigeria. In fact, I was born in Edo State, Benin City. I lived most of my life in Edo State, Benin City. Although I am Igbo by descent from Anambra State, from Oka South local government area, by sharing these little details about myself, as small as they are, by just hearing, maybe you live in Dubai and you heard that I just mentioned Dubai, the first thing that happens is, oh, me too, right? That's the first thing that happens. Like, oh, me too. And instantly you feel like we connect right you feel like we vibe sometimes maybe it's maybe, maybe it's the fact that i mentioned the fact that i'm, I'm from anambra state you're like oh me ah, this is my evil brother this is my evil brother even if it's just the fact that i mentioned that i'm african you know there is a value match that is formed why because people are infinitely attracted to those who are just like them so when you share these things you know when you are open about these things you begin to create value matches with people right you begin to create value matches with people. And one very powerful way to do this, I find that very, very interesting is your origin story. And I, I love the fact that Tanya mentioned that, you know, the origin stories and beyond origin stories is also stories that tell how you were able to overcome adversity. Stories that tell how you were able to move from challenges to triumph, right? Most people would call this the hero's journey story. And there's so many different ways to tell heroes. It's, it's probably one of my most, my favorite styles of storytelling. If you've checked my content before, they are 90% hero's journey stories because I've gone through so many struggles and some of my struggles have become triumphs, right? And I find that whenever those stories are shared, you know, what's very, what's very interesting about it when you share those stories is people who are in the journey can see themselves in the story. So your story becomes like a roadmap, right? It becomes like, it's like a, a yellow brick road, so to speak, especially for the person who is in that same journey. You know, you're, you're able to paint a clear picture of where that person is and where that person is headed towards, right? I remember when I shared the story of, you know, when I was struggling my first 11 months doing online business and literally how that entire thing transitioned from the struggle to the turning point, from the turning point to the, you know, the transformation and the effect of that transformation, the lessons that were learned along the way. By sharing all these things, massive value matches were formed, powerful value matches were formed. And I found that a lot of people were gravitating towards that. 
you know, a lot of people were gravitating towards that. I mean, I got so many DMs. I got so many comments. Some of the comments I got were by people who were saying, wow, you are really speaking to me. Wow, I can see myself in this story. Thank you so much for sharing. I learned so many lessons, right? So when when you begin to apply things like this in your business, or when you begin to apply things like this in your content and in your storytelling, you find that a lot of people would be more open towards connecting. They'll be more open towards interacting. They'll be more open towards, you know, working with you as a brand. You know, I find that social media has been built in a way that those who understand it are the ones who make the most out of it. For example, for somebody who is trying to get the most reactions, you know that a reaction is the direct consequence of an emotional trigger. And if you can tell stories by sharing the way, for example, you share a story and in that story, you talk about the things that you felt while going through the pain or while going through the problem, right? Of course, if you're, if you're telling a story about, you know, some kind of transformation, a challenge to triumph story or a transformation story, you will talk really, you go in depth and talk about how the thing felt for you or how the thing felt for the person who went through that challenge. And in the process of talking about that feeling, that feeling will automatically be transferred to the reader because energy is transferable. Emotions are transferable. So by the time you're sharing stories like this and you're talking about things in that manner, you'll begin to see that people begin to feel the emotion as well. And what happens when people feel the emotion? It makes them to react. And that's why these little things that you have, the little heart symbols and the little thumbs up and everything, they are called reactions, right? And those are the direct consequence of the feelings triggered in the content. Right. So I really love what um, Tanya said about the origin stories. Absolutely relatable. One of my most powerful stories I've ever told on social media till date is my origin story. My origin story, when I told it on Facebook the first time, because that's where I started building at first on social media. So when I told my origin story <laughs> on Facebook, the kind, the kind of engagements I got, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Just how open people were to connecting to that story. I remember when I shared a story about my dad on Twitter recently, it was about two, four, five weeks ago, sorry. Yeah, four, five weeks ago, shared that story about my dad, how he had two strokes within a space of three years and how that caused me to take care of him at home. I had to move my business back home and I had to take care of him myself. And I really shared so many things that made me vulnerable in that post. Everything in me, I tell you, everything in me told me not to post that thing because I had never, ever been that vulnerable on social media since I started using social media in 2009. <laughs> I had never, ever been that vulnerable. But after writing the post, when I was done writing, in that moment, I just felt, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> you know, what's the worst that could happen? And I just hit the send, you know, hit the post button and the kind of feedback I got, that's when I really understood the power of emotion transfer. You know, that's when I really understood it. By being vulnerable, you, you, you trigger the feeling in others. They match that energy. You know, they match that energy. And instantly in the comment section, people started sharing their own vulnerable stories in the comments. It was, it was so emotional. It was so, there was someone who went through the comments and she, she commented and said, going through these comments is difficult to not cry. You know, so it's quite interesting when you think about the dynamics involved, you know, but in summary, you know, what I would say is it, it pays to really have deep knowledge of 
it pays to really have deep knowledge of the different storytelling styles that work and then see how you can tailor that to the kind of brand that you're building. Because again, every message, every piece of communication that you put out into the internet or even outside of the internet attracts a certain kind of person, right? And that's the reason why you see someone who, who is complaining about the quality of people that they're attracting into their business. And maybe the person keeps complaining that the people who keep coming into my business, they don't have money to spend. They don't have money to spend. They are always broke people. I smile when I see such things. And I, the question I usually ask is, can you show me the message that you're putting out into the public? I see the message and I smile and I'm like, this message right here would attract people who are freebie seekers and people who don't have money to spend, right? Naturally, we know that there are people who have more time to spend to solve their problems. And we have people who have more money to spend to solve their problems. And how you speak the language will determine who is attracted. And you know, when you think about it, sometimes you, you find out that you're, you're making a post on social media, you're creating content on social media, and the only people who interact with the content are people who know you already. Right? I don't know how many of us have noticed that before. It's a common thing, isn't it? When you're interacting, you're creating content on social media, you find it's only people who know you already that will interact with the post. There's a reason for it. It's because of the language, right? When you're creating a piece of content and you're using a language that someone who already knows you would identify with, then naturally only someone who knows you would interact with that content. When it's a situation where you're creating a content with a stranger's POV in mind, you're creating a content and you, you think about if, if I was a complete stranger, would this pass the care test? What's the care test? Do people already care about this or can this make people care? If the answer is yes on both counts, then that is fantastic. By the time you publish that content, you're going to have a lot of people, even strangers, mostly strangers, to be honest, who are going to be trooping in to interact with that piece of content, you know? And just because before I drop the microphone, one of the posts I made on Facebook recently got 1.5 million views in two days. I, to be honest, I never expected it to happen. And you know, it's usually the ones that you don't expect to happen that blows up. <laughs> so I took a look at that post and I realized why it worked. I realized why it worked. And the major reason why that thing worked was because it had, it spoke to the desires of people, but from a negative POV. Very interestingly, you know, <laughs> it, it spoke to people's desires, but from a negative, excuse me, a negative POV. Now, this was not my intention, to be honest. It wasn't my intention to trigger anyone. It wasn't my intention to piss anybody off. Because as a matter of fact, that post in question actually had been created three months before the day I posted it on Facebook. I just had it in my Google Keep Notes. I just took it. I'm like, oh, okay, look at this thing. Let me, I've not published it. Let me just take it. I cut it into two, took the first half that lacked a lot of context, took it without all the context, and I dumped it on the Facebook platform along with one of my, my pictures. And that was it. Boom. Next thing I knew was it was all over the place. So why I'm sharing this is just so that I can create a mental image that there is no one size fits all to storytelling. There's no one size fits all approach to storytelling. I could give you different storytelling formats or different storytelling frameworks. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to testing out, testing things out because you really won't know what works. But as long as you're showing up, you're showing up authentic and you're showing up useful and you're showing up telling those stories in a way that makes it inspire in a way that makes it 
trigger action, you know, just like Tanya also mentioned, you all you, you you're gonna you're not going to find you're now going to find out that your storytelling efforts will pay off both in the short and in the long term. Right. And just before I drop the mic, let me give a very simple framework that has worked for me time and time again. Now this will work for you too if you're building a personal brand on social media and you want to get people to connect with you on a very deep level, right? It's called the Hero's Journey Storytelling Framework. It's pretty simple and anyone can use this, all right? I believe this session is being recorded, so you should probably take some time eventually and then go through these questions I'm about to list out. There are just 10 questions. You list out these questions, and then every time you want to create a story using this format, simply answer the questions, and you're going to see amazing things happen. And all I ask is that when it works, you send me a DM and say, this thing worked for me, right? That's all I need. All right. So the first question is very simple. What was that one challenge? What was that challenge that you once had, right? We've had that one challenge before at some point. What was that one challenge that you once had? Maybe you used to struggle with sales. Maybe you used to struggle with getting visibility on social media. Maybe you used to struggle with, uh, what else? Converting, right? Which is the same thing as sales, basically. So what if it was something related to your personal development? What if you used to have some limiting beliefs, right? You used to struggle with limiting beliefs about money or business or anything in between, right? What was the challenge slash problem you once had? Second question, what was the implication of the problem? What was the implication of the problem? An example of this would be when I started out in my online business, I struggled for the first 11 months. And the implication of that problem was the fact that I wasn't making money in the business, right? I wasn't making money. No, no. In fact, as a matter of fact, my first 11 months, $24 was what I recorded as income from that one income source that I was trying to build. Although I had other things that were bringing in a couple of monies here and there. But then... The one I really wanted to build wasn't getting any results. And as a result of that, I was dependent on my family members for support. That was the implication of the problem. How did that make you feel? Question number three. How did that make you feel? Remember that the feelings you talk about will be easily transferred to the reader. So how did that make you feel? It made me feel inadequate. It made me feel like a failure to a very great extent because I'm the only son in my family right? That's the only son in my family, there are expectations to be met. <laughs> so it made me feel less like a man, right? How did that make you feel? And then the fourth question, were there any further implications of that problem? If yes, talk about it. Were there any further implications? An example of a way to transition to further implications would be to make matters worse, right? To make matters worse, or you can say it got worse. And then you describe how worse it got, right? That's where you do that. And then question number five, were there any particular personality traits about you that may have been the cause of the problem? If I were to give you a practical example of this, in that same story I'm giving you as an illustration, at the time I was trying to do too many things at the same time. And that was only because I had this belief based on society that you know, society tells you that the more income sources you have, the more money you make. So because of that belief, I felt that I needed to be doing too many things at the same time. And that caused me to spread myself thin, right? So question number six, by the way, let me go over question number five again, in case you missed it. It's, were there any particular personality traits about you that have been the cause of the problem? And then question six in this case would be, what was now the turning point? Was it a video that you came across on YouTube? Was it a LinkedIn post you saw? Was it a book you read? Was it a podcast episode? Was it a LinkedIn audio live you joined? What was the turning point? 
And was there any particular feeling that made you decide to turn that roadblock into a milestone? An example of this would be the feeling that enough is enough, right? The feeling that enough is enough, it is time to change it. That's an example. Question number seven. Was it? Yeah, question number seven. What did you do to fix the situation? What did you do to fix the situation? And of course, this is where you talk about the things that maybe you decided to start studying. For example, I started studying for every for three months. I was studying the midnight, I was burning the midnight candle for four hours for three months in 2021. From March till May 2021, I started burning the midnight candle. And for four hours every night, I was building my capacity, building my capacity to give, building my capacity to teach, building my capacity in the areas of sales, marketing, copywriting, you know, and all the different relevant skills that I needed to get good at what I do. Yeah. Right. And so the next question, which is question number eight, how long did it take you to succeed? This is usually the part in the story where you talk about, you know, the, the transition. It's not like that's why you usually hear people say something like fast forward two years down the line, you know, and for three months after that, I was doing X, Y, Z or and for six months after that or six months later or 12 months later. Right. How long did it take you to succeed? And then question number nine, talk about the transformation. This is where you begin to appreciate how far you've come. How far have you come? What happened as a result of that transformation? Right. If it's income related, feel free to share it. Hello. Kenny, thank you so much. Uh, just because of time, it's very valuable what you're saying. I would like to uh, copy everything but for the sake of time because actually we're not supposed to stay to this point. So I really want to appreciate your, your contribution to the conversation. Um, I, I don't know if you can just run through to add one more so that we'll just go. Yeah, Yeah, I was actually at the ninth one. The 10th the one is just basically where you share the biggest lessons and you simply outline two or three lessons maximum and you're good. And then you call for call, you know, call to call for comments, or you can just simply ask for a repost or whatever it is, but you want to make sure you add a CTA and you're good. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I appreciate what you what you said there. I really appreciate that. All right. So uh, I don't know if Tanya uh, Colette is there to just say one thing. Izu will be the last to speak because Izu has something to offer to us. Uh, so he will be the last to speak after you and Tanya Kabuya. So Tanya Colette, what will be your final thought here just to conclude? Final thoughts is making sure you know what your message is, making sure that there's clarity and be consistent, share your story and make sure that it resonates and that there's a human connection because people connect with your story. Thank you so much for that. All right. Uh, Tanya Kabuya, is your turn. Please, what do you have to say to conclude the conversation? What an amazing room this was. Thank you, Kenny, for those points. Oh, lovely. I can't wait to see the recording, guys. When it's out, you definitely want to listen to this. This, this was a masterclass in storytelling. So just um, to add to this, just your messaging, your narrative, your positioning. So start there. First, start with your ICP. Who's your ICP? Then understand what is the narrative that you are taking in the market. Like, where do you want, where are you coming from? Because you are the challenger. When you are the new player in the in the market, you are the challenger brand. You are the David. You are Mike Tyson. You are somebody challenging a champion. So you need to know what is your narrative and where you are coming from because people are used to doing things already one way. Then you have your positioning. Where, you, where do you want to be in the market? 
Do you want to be for the premium buyer? Do you want to be for the luxury buyer? Do you want to be for the, the, the investor buyer? Or do you want to be for somebody who wants to save money? No wrong answer here. Know exactly that because then you will know where you're coming from. Then you have your messaging, which will have your brand voice and everything there. Now, if you are interested in learning about all this, we are having a B2B sales accelerator. If you want to know how to implement this in the B2B space and you are an independent consultant, a solopreneur, freelancer, or a small coach with a small team, and you want to up-level your clientele and sell to corporation, uh, mid-sized firms or tech startups. We're having an accelerator starting in December and we're going to take a break and end in Jan. And this is how we, where we're going to teach you how to incorporate this into the B2B sales cycle and the lead generation um, aspect of that. So if you're interested in that, feel free to DM me. But on this note, definitely looking forward to more of these rooms. Thank you so much, Tanya. I appreciate that. All right, Izu. Please go ahead and share with us uh, your final thought. And uh, definitely you have something you want to share with the audience uh, in terms of your offer. Please go ahead. Yes, I'd like to say very big thanks to you, Mr. Obehi, for the opportunity to share on your platform this evening, my own time here. I'd like to say this to every beautiful person who has been listening. You know, it's a thing of honor for people to listen to you whilst you speak. And you should never take it for granted. You should not take people for granted as well. So I'd like to take this moment to really appreciate all of you in the audience, in the VIP lounge. Whenever you're organizing an event, feel free to message me. I will be glad to come in and also listen into what you have to share because life is all about collaboration. Now, this is the final thing I'm going to say to you people. Whenever you have the opportunity to share your story, it's either you keep it brief or you shut your mouth because we already live in a world full of information and storytelling mustn't be long. If, if, if it's going to be long, then know that people are not going to get it. You know, if you want to talk about something long, then you need to go write a book and call it the art of storytelling of your life and all of those. But if you want people to be fixated on what you have to share, keeping it very short is really important. I have a community that I recently launched. It's a community called First Class Trainers International. And it is connected to my involvement with the BWC, Breakfast with Champions, in, in, um, in Clubhouse. It's a community with over 200,000 followers, 98% um, of Westerners, and the rest percentage of Black and other regions. I would like to invite some of you to be part of this community called First Class Trainers, but there is a criteria. You must be um, a coach, you must be a leader, you must be a speaker, and you must have a story. Even if you've not developed the story, we can help you to develop the story. And that's why you have the likes of Mr. Obehi, Atanya, and all the great people on the stage and in the VIP lounge. And the second thing I'm gonna say concerning this community is that the community is going to help you to connect you with your clients, existing clients. So we have a community of over 300K people. And the idea is very simple. We want um, entrepreneurs, coaches, speakers, leaders to be able to have direct access to you know, client-based mediums and platforms where they can connect with like-minded people 
and be able to also make some money whilst being a coach. Really important. Recently, I had the opportunity of being invited by the United Nations to train stakeholders on the art of storytelling. And it has been a phenomenal experience for me. And I would like to say this to you. If you're a storyteller, there is nothing wrong with you monetizing it and making some money out of it. I'm very big when it comes to that. So this is why I would like to offer this opportunity to the first 10 people in this call. Feel free to type, I was on this call hosted by Mr. Obehi. Ensure you mention Mr. Obehi's name and message me right here on LinkedIn. I will be able to invite you for a 45 minutes conversation. Messaging me is not a guarantee that you have been selected. Messaging me is going to lead to a conversation. I really want to know that you have the capacity and the resources and the intelligence to be able to be part of this community. So I would look forward to connecting with 10 of you and as many of you as possible. But this is what I have to say to you again. Whenever you have the opportunity to share a story, keep it very brief because everything about life, business, culture, tradition, who you are, rises and falls on the principles of storytelling. My name is Izo Samuel, and I'd like to thank you, Mr. Obehi, for the opportunity to invite me. And many thanks to everyone in the VIP lounge for listening in today. I see my friend, Mr. Stanley Chineye, and all the great people in the VIP lounge, and Mari Speaks and all of them. I'll catch up with you when we can, signing off again. Thank you, Izu. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I appreciate uh, what you're doing. If I, it's a, a time like this, we need to continue to build community of like-minded people, particularly those that are adding value to the community. I, I think it is particularly important for us and for our generation, for our people, because our people, I want to really uh, be, be very emphatic on that. Our people need us. Our people need more value, need, uh, need guidance, most importantly, because there are a lot of young people out there who are disoriented. So they need individuals who are able to give them orientation. If you have time, for the 19th of this month, of course, Izu is part of uh, this also, we're going to be doing a masterclass for storytelling, storytelling for business. For those who are interested, we're not charging you, it's free. The entrance is free, but you must register. In that we are bringing in different experts in storytelling to share with you how you can use storytelling for business. So that like Izul is doing there, there are many of you who are able to organize group. You don't need to be uh, 2,000 or 20,000. It can be maybe like 10 or 50 people who are like-minded. Bring your idea together. Let it you, bring your idea. But most importantly, also make sure that the idea that you are bringing, you are also going to leverage it for money. There is nothing wrong with that, like Izu have said, that if you know how to do something, that thing that you know how to do can also become business. There are a lot of people in the community who are looking for services. You can do this. There are uh, web designer here. There are painter here. There are content writer here. There are people here who are able to do a lot of things. Why don't we mingle among ourselves and then benefit from our services? This is what we are in here for. Please continue to build and to help each other. No one knows it all, but if we continue to support each other, we will go to places. So I really want to thank all of you that are here in the audience, and I want to thank also those that are in the VIP who are speaking. I really want to see out uh, Tanya Kole. I really thank you for the contribution. Tanya, of, of course, Kabuya, thank you so much, my sister. I really appreciate you. Grace, I thank you so much for your sharing. 
Alabipe, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Izu, of course, I appreciate you. And Kenny, I really want to thank you so much for your contribution. It's really unfortunate that time was a little bit on the other side, but I what you were sharing, what you were sharing, that is highly valuable. I really want to appreciate. I want to thank you that I appreciate your time and also the sharing. I do. And I thank the people in the audience. Please continue to use storytelling because it's the only thing, it's the only singular thing that can separate you from the me too type of content out there where people are basically regurgitating what they see other people do because they think because they are doing it, let me also do it. No, you cannot just also do it. You are unique. You are special. We are over 8 billion people in the world today. But all of us cannot, we are not confused. Everybody has different fingerprints. Your fingerprint is your story. Make sure you hone that story. There are experts here that can help you if you need to learn. Learn how to tell your story. And learn how to put this story in your business. Nobody can ever misplace you. And nobody can ever confuse you for another person. Your voice is unique. So storytelling is the only thing that you are going to use for this. So I really want to thank all of you. Please come again next time. Every 40 days, we are here talking about storytelling. Learning from each other and reinforcing what we already know about storytelling.